All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Basic Podcast. We are going to be discussing Substratum roundtable format today. Those of you who listen to the flagships may remember a couple of flagships ago, three flagships ago, we talked about Substratum. I very clearly indicated that it was a scam. I got a lot of that information from work done by Brian Lee, who is joining me today with William McKenzie on this roundtable episode. What's up, guys? Hey. How's it going, Brian? It is awesome. I'm excited to do this episode. I'm ready to go, ready to get into the nitty-gritty of this stuff. Um, what we're going to do today, I'm going to give a little quick intro, but uh, before I get into that, what we're going to do is talk the substratum scam, and I'm painfully going to take the responsibility of the pro substratum person and try to ask the questions that the team would have asked. So why do I have you guys on the show instead of anyone else on the planet? Uh, let's start with Brian. <laughs> well, I've been involved in, in crypto and blockchain primarily as an investor and a trader since, I don't know, mid-2016. Uh, really got into Substratum, I think, a little after their ICO. Uh, so that would be late 2017. Uh, and I was really interested in their project because uh, at, at the time I was running a few websites and it was just interesting to to see a project that was working in the web hosting space. Um, and after looking at their website and briefly reading through their, their white paper, and back then I, you know, I really didn't know too much too much about all about all of this stuff yet so the idea sounded really cool to me uh so i was a big supporter in the community i would say for for those three to four months uh and i think after the delay of their first beta which was kind of um marketed as a i don't even know how you describe it it would be like a public beta that was actually private but it ended up being like an alpha or something i don't know what it was but it was kind of a mess and they're messing up their greek numbers or, or letters <laughs> yeah. yeah so so after that um i started getting a bit skeptical and that's when i started uh researching networking a bit more uh and just kind of seeing the project through someone who's not super financially invested in it <laughs> Okay, and that led me to write a number of posts over the past year. Uh, I think I've probably done more research on Substratum than a lot of people on the internet because there's really not that much stuff that's written about it, and most of it is just really surface stuff. So it it doesn't really um, it's not really deep, you know. Okay. Uh, so that's where that's where we are now. Uh, we are going to <laughs> we are going to get into the to the deep stuff. Obviously, some listeners have heard it, but we will recap it. William, why why are you here instead of John McAfee? No, that's too <laughs> well, easy. Um, All right, don't say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, kind of like Brian, you know, I, I was heavily involved with Substratum in the early days. Uh, I probably first got started around late 2017. It's pretty involved in their community, but. You know, I, I do my own research. Uh, I don't listen to what other people's, you know, spoon fed, you know, the information like some of the moderators are given from the team to tell people. And um, just really and truly, I saw it as a fascinating use of blockchain technology and a top project in this space. But probably more specifically, the announcement of the second ICO uh, was kind of where I started to shift my opinion a little bit. I, I can I can actually agree. The first time I ever had Substratum come on our radar was the second ICO. Uh, when I for, when I started reading about or 
uh, talking about Justin the first time we talked about him on the show, which was actually almost like two months ago. I remember thinking, oh, my God, they're the ones that are doing the second ICO. They're the they're the scammy ones that are doing that. And I didn't like realize no other project has had one. Exactly. Right. Ex- yeah. Which is um, look, that's that's just such a bad precedent to set. I really hope it's not successful for that reason alone. I don't want every product project to be doing ICO number two. But uh, that is kind of how they came on my radar originally as well. So we are going to get into kind of each and every one of the points. And like I said, I'm going to be in the position of defending them. Before we go into that, I want to talk about my experience last night. I didn't intend to have it, but the moderator of the Substratum Telegram went on and made a negative comment on one of my on our YouTube video, the one that we released about Substratum. He then had everybody in the chat come downvote it, which was kind of funny because we, we don't get a lot of our our listener base from YouTube. We do post some episodes on there, but it was it was something that we uh, is almost like an afterthought. It shouldn't be. We should have done a better job at upkeeping our YouTube, but we didn't. So it's now like you know four likes and uh 40 downvotes or something and has our second highest view count of all for youtube which is great thanks for the views guys um so i so i went in and i was like hey it sounds like you guys want to have a conversation with me i'm the uh, i'm the guy that you're downvoting the video on uh predictably was was laughed out of there told that i should have done my research that i was a that i was a paid fudster all that the standard response from any community I, there are very few communities that I've said something negative about that have been receptive to that. I will say a community that ended up being a a pretty, I think, crappy project in the end. But they, uh, Neblio, what, what they said was they – now, we didn't say they were a scam. We just said we didn't like their project. They said – and this is the best response that I've gotten on a negative thing that I've said. They're only responding to what we put out there as a team. And if that is their perception of what we've put out there, we need to adjust what we've put out there. And that seemed like a pretty reasonable way to look at it to me, which didn't happen in their chat. But again, it hasn't happened in any of the chat. I mean, I had we talked pretty pretty good overall about VeChain, and I mentioned that I didn't find their white paper, but apparently, uh, <laughs> I they had a thing that was that said specifically on it. This is not a white paper, and I was like, okay, well, they don't have white paper. I guess I didn't do like third level research and go find it. So, so they were all in talking about how bad we were and i'm like we said good stuff about the project what are you doing guys all right <laughs> so past that i had a pretty poor experience in their chat overall they laughed me out i was trying to kind of defend myself they banned me oh they didn't ban me they silenced me i couldn't talk i got messaged from two or three different people in the chat that are like hey if you don't defend yourself you look guilty i'm like well i can't <laughs> they, they, they took away my abilities and <laughs> then one of the uh, the team members the cmo christian pope reached out to me and he did answer all of my question, most of my questions that I had, whether those answers are satisfactory, we'll get into in the episode, uh, in the episode later. So I, we should have talked about this before we got in the air, but do you guys want to give me the maybe kind of like ping pong back and forth, each give me a reason, and then I will kind of prod you for more information on that reason, or do you want me to list off the reasons and then you guys talk about them? Uh, maybe you should list them off. All right. So yeah, that'd be a little better. I will. I will go. I will list off what I have talked about so far on the show, and then I will, uh, and and then you guys can kind. Of, I'll give a, just a really brief explanation, and then you can expand on that if you can, and then I'll ask some questions as well as give the the explanation of the team. Remember, I am playing the pro substratum, even though I may not believe that. I will give a final verdict at the end of this episode. So, oops, excuse me. 
uh, the so as I started to find, remember, I found out about them on the the second ICO. We're gonna skip that until the end because I feel like that's pretty damning in and of itself. So I th- so I, I went to try to find this fake magazine that they said that they uh, or that they were on, and the guy who originally posted that had his Medium account banned. I think he might have been banned in like the sweep of the kind of alt right uh, things that they took off of Medium. I don't know, but. His YouTube seems kind of like that. I'm not sure. But he had a link to the magazine that this guy had put himself on the cover of. So I don't know if that's one of the things that you guys popped around, but I thought that was kind of hilarious. Uh, we we're talking about the technology headlines, right? Yeah, he was on the front page of this magazine yeah. and was like hashtag yeah. humbled on the tweet and that kind of thing. So I, was that one of the things you popped on in your research? Yeah, so... When I looked into that magazine, um, it was pretty obvious to me that the quality of it was was quite low, just from um, how their website looks uh, and just from all of the all of the stuff that was wrong in the post. Uh, let me pull up that post really quickly. Oh, it's still there. Uh, Good. I couldn't find it. I'm so glad you have that. Well, I I actually wrote a post about it on my website, but I'm okay. not sure if if the post. Uh, itself is still on their website um, but i did get a few quotes so i'm not sure who wrote this post actually I, I don't know if substratum like submitted the post or if if the process was they did their own research but either way there was a lot of stuff that was wrong and the weirdest thing that i found was i actually reached out to to them and i told them that um my company was interested in um being on the front page of their of their magazine, which I don't even know if it's actually real. And the first the first response I got back was kind of like, oh, we don't do that. So I thought that was the end of it. Oh okay. but but the next day I got another email. Um I don't know if it was from the same guy that I I reached out to or I don't know if it's from someone else who works there. But they said no, you can actually pay six thousand bucks and we'll put you on the front page. And uh, you'll also get five copies in your mail. And five? I was like, oh, that's five copies, which just happens to be the number of copies that Justin posted in his screenshot. Sorry. I mean, in his <laughs> picture. Right. So, like, I guess it could be a coincidence, but I don't really believe in coincidences. Uh, but if you look at that picture that, that he posted, there's five copies there. Wow. Okay, make sure you send me that link for the show notes because... I didn't. I didn't have a way to get back to that. I only had the original article that was pulled down from Leak Guy. Uh, yeah. I will say that this is one of the ones that Christian did not address. I asked him about the fake magazine. He said, "I don't really know anything about it," but I know that he didn't pay six thousand dollars, like was uh, like was told. He said that he didn't. Uh, let me. You know what? Rather than paraphrase, I'll tell you his exact words about that. I saw the tweet. I don't know if it was paid or not. The only thing I heard is Justin say that it wasn't true that he paid 6k for it. That's all I have. So so well, yeah, I suppose there's no way that that we could say that he did or he did not, but it just seems weird to me that um it seems like a cheap way or an easy way to get yourself onto the front page of something. Uh it's certainly not the New York Times or it's not Time. Um but I see how a front page feature like this could could be used to to market yourself mm-hmm. in a certain way. 
Uh, I'm just saying I think it's weird that if I were to pay $6,000, I would have also gotten a front page and also five copies in the mail. (laughs) That's just a bit weird to me. I'm just going to leave it at that. So did you try to negotiate with them? I did not negotiate with them. My guess is uh, that six thousand was an opening offer. So what what Christian is telling me is not a lie. They probably didn't pay six thousand dollars for that. Yeah, they probably paid a little bit less. So from the pro substratum side of this, what I'm going to say is marketing is important to a cryptocurrency. It's important to get their name out there. Is is it not acceptable to market in such a way that it looks like you got on the front page of a magazine? It is acceptable um, as long as you make sure all of the facts that are in the post is true. Um, For example, the post said that Substratum was founded in 2017 and that they've built software solutions for companies including Apple, Facebook, Disney, HP, and more. That's not true. (laughs) Oh, So uh, Justin previously worked at a company called Override Pro. uh, And the story is that that company did in fact build... um, software for for Apple, Facebook, and all of these other big companies. But to say, to put it in this context where it says Substratum is a US-based software firm, which has built solutions for a number of companies, including Apple, Facebook, Disney. That's that's just like, that's just fake. That's fake news. And the fact that they didn't reach out to this website to correct those facts kind of suggests some kind of underlying... uh, agenda i think like they why would you not correct that it's it's completely fake okay so the argument so the the magazine posted that they were th- th- like in their front page headline said that they worked with all those okay so this was in my opinion down there on the red flag list anyway we could in theory attribute this to a a, a content group not understanding what they were writing um and we do know that people fudge their resumes. So not fudge them, but they, they try to play these things up. Like, for instance, when we talked about Initiative Q on the show and how it was founded by ex-PayPal guys, that means the company was acquired by PayPal. So I guess for a little bit they may have technically worked for PayPal. But, uh, yeah, so it's this is funnier more than it is a red flag to me because it's, like, indicative of kind of an ego stroke. But I'm... I'm gonna give him a little bit of pa- anyway uh, pff, let's let's move on i guess well but here's the thing though like uh if you take a look at their website um this is the first version of substratum's website before their ico they actually advertised uh apple facebook hp uh the nba disney and kodak as current or past clients on substratum's website uh, so if you if you look at it in the Wayback Machine, like you'll see. Yeah, you can go to like archive.is or or something, uh, just one of those sites, and you can type in substratum.net. And if you go back to their website from September 2017, uh, it actually says current and past clients, and it lists all of these companies. So I I don't know if during their research they might have stumbled on that website and 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 saw that. But just from Substratum's viewpoint, I I think that was just blatant misadvertising because they didn't do that. Like if I were going to start a coin now, and I've also worked for Disney in the past, I, I, I wouldn't say Disney was my past client. It has nothing to do with my coin right now, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. And I would just like to say that uh, there was a project called Titanium 
um, back in May, they got busted by the SEC for this exact thing. Putting up partners on their website that, that were just not true. So I'm going to leave it at that. And Were they part of that, that round of uh, letters that was sent out by the New York Attorney General? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I know there but, are a lot of letters sent out to random ICOs and uh, yeah. exchanges and things saying, hey, you need to give us a bunch of information about how you're doing business. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it was related to that, but basically um, this project called Titanium, they, uh, they advertised that Disney, uh, like the same thing, like Apple were, were clients or past partners or something like that. And it turned out it was not true. And the SEC basically shut down the whole thing, had them refund people. That's kind of exactly what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, so, so they took it off their website at some point, correct? They took it off their website as soon as their ICO concluded. And, uh, oh. and they switched to the new version of the website, which does not mention any of these clients. So you, so you would think like crypto right now is in a stage where any kind of affiliation with a company like Facebook or HP would would be a great thing, right? Because there's there's so many scams out there. And if you truly had partnerships with these big companies, you would leverage that to kind of make yourself seem more real. So the fact that they took down these this client list right after their ICO ended, it 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 tells you like explicitly like what what the point of it was. It was to draw people in into something that was just not true. And it's sad. Okay, so I think we might see a pattern here as we get to some more of these explanations. But the fact that it happened right after the ICO was concluded is is going to be a theme that we're going to have through the rest of this episode. Um, and you know, I can, you can certainly you know, there's been things that have happened in the past on different coins that you can attribute to maybe somebody on the team not understanding what they are allowed to and not allowed to put on a website. For instance, Walton Chain, the when they had their kind of get that giveaway that that intern won or whatever yeah. the case was <laughs> look that could have been one person going rogue doing something stupid that they shouldn't have done or, or they entered the contest legitimately and won whatever the case like it reflects bad on the company but you could kind of give them a little bit of forgiveness but here we may have precedent for something that was actually illegal and if if it was that would that could jeopardize project are they us based they are us based yes. and uh they their ico was open to us based participants under uh the explanation that it's simply a utility token mm-hmm. but that doesn't exclude it from it being classified as a security if they happened in like uh i want to say like august or july or something um uh what was that i think it was september there okay. ICO. September so right in that transitional period when September some 17th. ICOs were still yeah. taking yeah. U.S. investors and just saying, no, no, it's cool, we're fine. Because I remember I invested in Spank Chain at the time. <laughs> and, uh, right. But, but the interesting thing was uh, after the recent uh, bust of EtherDelta, uh, the SEC did say um, that any ICOs, well, and, and this is a, a statement from their uh, from their report back in June 2017 after the Dow got hacked uh, and all of their funds were stolen. Um, they were saying like after that that report, all companies who are seeking to to use blockchain based uh, crowdfunding platform, you know, they have to register with them. So that was back in June 2017. Uh, and now it seems like 
SEC is finally in a place where they've kind of caught up for the moment. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months. It, 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 I think that's going to be super interesting. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that they were that that they had done that. So that's just, that's yeah. something strictly illegal could make. It, I one I said a theme would be that we needed to look at the end of the second ICO. Another theme I think in the end of this will be it could be that this is a company that's run by people who just don't have a lot of experience in the tech space. They don't have a lot of experience with what they're supposed to be saying and doing and what they should be how they should be handling things. And I can. Never attribute to malice what you can attribute to uh, to incompetence, right? So yeah. there there is a chance in the end that this is not malicious, and there's a chance in the end that you know I don't want to give away my conclusions, but there's a chance in the end that maybe they maybe they kind of come clean and get at us. All right, so I'll move on to the next kind of point here, which is um, that I, I I only want to gloss over this because I made the point before the creator uh, or I guess is he CEO I don't. I don't even know what he is. He had been arrested before in Polk County, Florida. He he has a, a criminal background, which I want to say is below the magazine, in my opinion, of red flags. Coupled with all the other ones, it matters. But what you did in 2003, a lot of it was kind of mundane stuff. Really doesn't have an impact on what you're doing today. You could be a very different person. You can be a completely changed individual or it could have just been an overzealous cop back then. I mean, I know some of the stuff was for marijuana um, and some of the stuff was for assault and battery. So, you know, we don't know the, uh, we don't know the specifics. There are rumors out there about the specifics that I won't get into, but um, I, I just wanted to be clear that I don't think that's a huge red flag, but it is a non-zero amount. Yeah. And I, I share the same viewpoint as you. Uh, I don't think his past history in jail really has or was it in jail? I'm, I'm not sure, but he was arrested for something. Right. Yeah, I don't know if he spent any time in jail, uh, but he was yeah. definitely arrested. I don't know. I don't think it's a huge deal. And it turns out that one of those cases, he was actually, I think, defending his sister from someone. Uh, so I don't see anything bad about that. And I don't think it has anything to do with what he's doing now. Uh, what do you think, Will? Uh, well, yeah. But kind of like what you were saying, uh, where he was defending it. He actually had a YouTube comment on a video. Let's see if I can find it somewhere. But basically, um, what he was saying was he was talking about how he's defending his sister. Uh, there was some domestic violence going on in their house. And, you know, I, I can't fault him there. You know, that's he was just kind of protecting her. But. So I haven't seen that YouTube video. But if that were the case, my my only thought on that would be that we could all put ourselves in that same position and feel like mm-hmm. we would want to defend a loved one. Yeah, but yeah, of course. But having that going outside the law to take matters into your own hands to defend somebody that was wronged that was close to you may not be a trait that we want in the ceo of a decentralized product once while they still have control of it uh Craig, sure but i i guess it depends on the situation because like if this guy showed up at his house or something and started beating her sisters um be beating his sister or something i mean he didn't really have a choice right the charge so, was breaking and entering and then oh the charge is breaking and yeah entering. <laughs> So oh, yeah, I didn't read too much into that. <laughs> if that's what he said, yeah, you know, that I, again, I don't know, but that was um it you can interpret we can interpret his YouTube comments however we want. I don't um I don't want to harp on that. And yeah. you know, I will uh we'll just we'll just go on and say, you know, he had he had Actually, a little bit of a checkered past. 
Actually, I think it was on the uh, Vincent Briator video that he did. I think oh. I remember where it is now. What was the name of the video? Real quick. It was the one I think called Substratum CEO is a cat burglar. It was from this, this guy named Vincent. Vincent Briator. He has a pretty decent audience. Well, is a cat burglar. <laughs> That's a, that is the clickbaitiest title ever. I mean, yeah, I'm guilty, very. but you know, I use caps in my titles on YouTube just because all the research says you have to. But <laughs> I hate that I do it. I hate myself every day. I click submit. I'm like, no, am I really going to put <sighs> scam in capital letters? All right, here we go. Yeah, but this... But this thing with him and his past uh, arrest record, I, I never focused really too much on that, and I, and I actually Sorry. think I never even mentioned that in any of my posts because it just didn't seem important. And and there's so many more strange things that they've done lately, so mm-hmm. it just never came up. If we end up having that, we, we'll play it. Uh, we'll we'll play a clip, or maybe I can go grab the clip and insert it. I'm not sure. Yeah. If I'm doing it, it's being inserted right here. Yeah, <laughs> I found the comment right here actually. Uh, what he said, basically, he said, Vincent, this is Justin from some stratum. Uh, to be clear, I was never a cat burglar, uh, in quotation marks. My sister was sexually assaulted to which I defended her in the perpetrator's house. And the judge that, uh, put it down to burglary, uh, look up the actual definition. This was covered by the Merkel last year. That, that was 18 years ago. It seems you have had some legal trouble of your own pretty recently, but love the clickbait, the clickbait description. <laughs> Might want to adjust it since it is slander because it is untruthful. So yeah, wow. he, he did kind of address it, but kind of like what Brian would say, I, it's not one of the bigger issues, I guess, and it doesn't really need a lot of light shed to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a big issue. It's a non-zero, but it's not it's not much. So we'll we'll go on yeah. past that. Interesting that he did make uh, a personal attack on the person that posted it. Um, because that that will probably come up again, <laughs> as as we'll see later. All right, so uh, let's talk about the NCF partnership. So the National Christian Foundation is they said that they have an exclusive partnership as the cryptocurrency provider for the National Christian Foundation, who does apparently a lot of transactions every year. Um, what do we what do we say to this one? Yeah, so I think this was back in August, uh, late August, when they have their monthly subblock which is called it's just basically each month they have an event where they talk about updates uh i guess people are free to go there to watch live uh but basically what justin said and this is a quote like um the national christian foundation has quote agreed to work with substratum exclusively for their donations which to me is like uh, it's like half true right the fact that that they said exclusively for their donations. He didn't specifically state donations in the form of cryptocurrency. He just stated exclusively for their donations. And in the very next sentence, he says uh, that they process more than 1.5 billion in volume per year. So in that context, it kind of seems like that he's saying crypto pay will process 1.5 billion per year because he doesn't say specifically um, donations in the form of cryptocurrency. He just says exclusively for their donations. And then the next sentence, $1.5 billion per year. Uh, So I thought just from a PR perspective, um, that was very unprofessional because I feel like for people like me, for people like Will, for for people like you who stay in touch with all all of this stuff, like we know to look into that more, right? But for people who are kind of new, maybe new investors in the space, they see this, they might think like, oh my God, Substratum has this huge thing and they're going to process $1.5 billion per year through their platform. 
And I think that's a little irresponsible. And just just out of interest, I actually looked up how much PayPal does per year, and it's like seven point six billion. So what <laughs> what Substratum said essentially is this product, which by the way does not exist yet, the NCF has promised to use this exclusively for one point five billion dollars in donations, which is twenty percent of what PayPal does per year. <laughs> uh, well, that's bullish news. It's very <laughs> bullish to me. I bought right after that. Wow. Uh, oh, is that when you is that when you bought in? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I was like, <laughs> no. This was just like two months ago. Uh, so after that announcement, because um, I think this was, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but I think this was the first time where they actually mentioned who this mysterious partner was for for CryptoPay. Uh, he was kind of hyping it up a lot before, but I think this sublock was the first time that he actually mentioned it was the NCF. Yeah, he actually, uh, the first time he announced it was at the... When they announced their product three at Sublock, mm-hmm. he, uh, he finally gave the name to the partnership. Um, before that, you know, they just said it was a nonprofit Christian organization. But yeah, they said specifics. it was like, like the eighth biggest, eighth, um, yeah, eighth, non-profit eighth largest in the states or something. Something uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so after they made this announcement, I kind of did some research online to see if the NCF has said anything about it because it seems like a pretty big big deal to me, right? If they're gonna switch their processing partner to someone for 1.5 billion bucks a year, you would expect them to have some kind of post on their website about it. Uh, But if you search Substratum National Christian Foundation, uh, you you can't really find anything. But uh, upon some further digging, uh, I came across a company called Leadership Edge Incorporated. And it's a company that handles donations for the... for the NCF, that's non-cash. So if you want to donate like stock, if you want to donate, I don't know, gold or something like stuff, that's just non-cash. Uh, it goes through this company. Um, and again, that company had nothing about crypto pay because I mean, crypto is something that's non-cash. So uh, if this company was handling non-cash stuff for them, you would expect them to have something about crypto pay. So after all of this, I was kind of like, oh, this feels a bit weird to me. So I sent the NCF an email inquiring about it. Uh, I, I love this, by the way, that you, that you actually went through these email processes. This is the best kind of research. <laughs> <laughs> this is like... Well, you, ah. you can't deny it. So let me just pull up this email. So this email is from a guy named Brian Grable, and he's the Senior Vice President of Donor Advised Fund Ser- Services. And he actually sent me two emails. The first one, and I only posted... The second one, but but the first one uh, just said like, "Hey, uh, we don't know what crypto pay is." Um, but the second <laughs> one got into a bit more more detail, and apparently, quite a num- quite an uh, quite a few people have emailed and even called them on the phone, asking about this crypto pay partnership. Because I guess the email specifically says we have recently received several emails and phone calls related to videos and Reddit streams. <laughs> suggesting that the National Christian Foundation may be entering into the cryptocurrency market. Uh, And then later on in the email, um, it says the NCF does not currently accept crypto. And furthermore, the NCF does not have any exclusive agreement with any cryptocurrency provider. Okay. Uh, And right. So after that, um, I kind of got blamed for faking all of this. And some guy 
on Reddit was like, well, he should post a screenshot of it. So after I posted a screenshot, he's like, oh, he faked this. He should uh, post a text file showing all of the like the the back end email stuff, you know, just just to see where it's sent. And then he can like look at the, the keys and all of that. So I uploaded that, which is like insane to fake because there's like private keys stuff in here that I would not know how to fake the format of. Uh, so I uploaded that and he's like, oh, he could have faked this. We need him to go on YouTube and talk in person so we can see his face talk about this. Uh, I need to look him in the eye. Right, right, right. So, so, that's kind, so that's kind of what happened. And I think a few days after that, Substratum actually posted a letter of intent from the MCF, which was dated back in June, which is four months before me reaching out. So first, for some reason, they chose not to post it at the time. Uh, instead, they posted it as a response to this whole whole thing. Uh, but the interesting th- thing is, if you go on the website and you look at this, it's like they could have faked this too. And actually, all they did was copy and paste text into. <laughs> it's their not blog even post. exactly. That yeah. was the best part of what I saw there. It wasn't like they screenshotted an email. This right. is just a string of text on the yeah. website. Yeah. Which so you have to ask yourself like, if you're trying to to prove your point, why just not go all the way? Like th- this is a consistent theme with them, you know. They go halfway, half truths, and then after they posted that, they said that they they said that the NCF would also do some kind of post on their end, which has not happened yet. So, so I will give you the response that I got from from Christian again. I I, sure. I really did. In okay. Christian did a good job of of talking with me. I liked the fact that he gave me the time of day and didn't just you know show over me like everybody else did. Um, he said, it's been addressed, but here it is again. We've been working on partnerships for Strub- Substratum and CryptoPay for months now. We have some unofficial partnerships that will never be formally announced, and two that we have letters of intent for. The two organizations that we have LOIs for have not yet formally announced this, nor should they until CryptoPay is ready for use. With that said, the announcement when the announcement was made, the NCF was bombarded with requests for validation, and they did not confirm our LOI. They are not used to crypto FUD. Did this hurt our credibility? Temporarily, yes. But we spoke with them and explained. They will confirm our LOI. It is my understanding that this will be when they are ready to begin use, which is expected later in 2019. We would not have the LOIs on our corporate site if it's not legit. Um, Right. But they have a history (laughs) of putting stuff on their website that's not legit, like fake current and past clients. But if that point were true why announce it on your website and risk this crypto fud uh if the opposite party is not prepared to announce it on their end so I, from a pro sub yeah it, I, I i agree with you but from a pro sub standpoint again i think we'll see this come up that they may not be completely competent with running with running a company in some aspects they may have spoken with somebody who gave him a handshake and said yeah we're good and then announced that thinking no it's cool like this is not a big deal not realizing that you know what would happen when everybody was like, "Oh, let's let's talk about this." Um, also, they're saying it's going to be confirmed. Now, it's get, they're saying it's going to be confirmed post new ICO. But if you trust the team, is this enough of an explanation? Mm, if I trusted the team and I was financially invested into it, I think so. Yeah, that's a, so. I've noticed that a couple of these. If you have trust in the team and you believe. That they have your best interest at heart, you can you can look past some of the possible red flags of what it is. 
So if you if you think Justin is doing the right thing here and he's telling you guys don't worry about it, we're going to have that announcement later. You know, they just didn't want to confirm it yet until we had the working product. Okay, I can see that a little bit. But I, the fact that, again, a lot of these things, explanations, time horizon is post-second ICO is very concerning to me. Right. And And one more thing that was concerning to me is like if they were so excited for for these partnerships why not just post why not just make the post when you get a letter of intent why wait until it blows up and then and then like do it as a response to the fud like that's not how you generate hype if they wanted to generate hype it's like just just post it when you get it but it's like now this just looks like a bad response and Mm -hmm. especially if you consider the fact that my post was backed by um screenshot and also proof that the email was actually sent i was like if if you wanted to match like the level of fud with the level of hype you kind of have to like do the same thing you know kind of like prove it like don't just don't just do like a string of words on on your blog post because now people are gonna say like what if that's fake i will i will say what went through my mind when i saw that he gave me the link to this and it's the link to the letter of intent and of course this will be in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out for yourself it isn't it, i was expecting 100 percent a signed scan thing because when the tether letter that came from that bank that's a little bit shady that they just started partnering with they posted mm-hmm. at least like a scanned letter of the signature it was right. the laziest like slash of line i've ever seen for a signature and that was funny in and of itself but at least it was there this is you know and and because it was signed they actually and and there there's some legal responsibility there on tether's end if something would ever go down i'm not even sure i'm not a lawyer obviously but i'm not even sure that this constitutes anything illegal if this ends up not being true maybe it does maybe it doesn't but um i don't you know if you're making a claim says from National Crypto Foundation to CryptoPay. Is CryptoPay even actually a company or is it substratum? I don't know. Um, this may not be something that can legally be held against them later. But if it is, then that is actually a tick in their it's real category. Mm. If they could be sued for wrong information on this and they've released it anyways, then at least they have something to lose. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about all of that that law stuff, but my point of view right now is I wouldn't be surprised if this was true, like if this partnership was real. All of my criticisms, I guess, if you want to call them that, has just been the way that they present them. Not really about like what they are, but about just the method that that they choose to make all to make all of this stuff public. It's like they they just didn't think about it. And you can't just say like, "Oh, but they're a crypto company. They they're they're like new. They raised 13 million dollars." You have to be responsible for that. Like most um, companies that go the traditional route of funding, um, before they receive their like first big round, they typically have a proof of concept or at least like a product that works. And that was true for Facebook. That was true for Instagram. Uh, and they didn't receive anywhere close to thirteen million for their first round. But like the fact that we have access to this kind of fun, like this fund now, right? You need to be responsible for that. Like, you have to act like a company that just received thirteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. You can't do all of this like Great. amateur stuff. You know, you need to be held accountable. I I can it's tell just, you from being parts of different companies that have had bad things, you know, said about them. I've been in uh, I've been in management and poker rooms, and 
if a ruling goes a bad way for somebody who has a lot of Twitter followers, we have to respond to it. And we've had entire meetings with how to respond to that stuff in an area where it doesn't affect the stock price or the coin price or the company's holdings or anything like that. Yeah. Like they talked about this and they thought about this and this is what they decided on. Um, why they decided on this, you know, you have to think about maybe signaling theory if you want to know why. But we talk about that when we, when we mention Craig Wright. If there is a very easy way to prove something, for instance, sending a transaction or having somebody from the NCF confirm, and you choose the more difficult way of proving it or the less obvious way of proving it, then it's less likely to be true. So Yeah. Well, now that you said that, I think that's actually a perfect trend transition into the next topic which might be the token burn okay yes we can we can talk about the token burn (laughs) (laughs) um do you want to give an outline of what happened so okay so this is so the token burn we were calling it the pretend burn on the on the episode but basically it's not out of the ordinary for projects to burn tokens right they they will say oh we're burning this many because of this reason and they want to increase the kind of the value of the rest of the tokens, do the community a favor, um, what have you. There's lots of reasons that they would do it. The Substratum has done it twice, and they've done it in a completely non-standard way. There's two ways that you can conduct a coin burn, right? You can do it with a burn function in the in the code, or you can send them to the to the zero 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 uh, wallet, which will yeah. which will effectively burn them. So they didn't do either one. What they did was a little live stream on YouTube and they were like, all right, I'm sending it to this wallet. I'm totally ripping up the private keys right here. All right, and it's gone. Hey. <laughs> I've seen David Blaine do some shit on TV that, you know, that did wouldn't even require anywhere near that expertise. But, yeah, so <laughs> they did it in a very strange way, which maybe they thought it was more fun to get the community hyped, amped. And given that they have the ability to mint as many tokens as they want, which we'll get to later, it is a little less nefarious than I originally thought, but still, they, they chose to go about it this way instead of any other way. So, what else do we know about this? What am I missing? Um, and I do have a response for from the team as far as what they have uh, accomplished afterwards. Sure. Uh, do you want to give your opinion first, Will? And then I'll come after. Yeah, I, I was just going to say something small about it. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a common practice to send it to a zero address. You know, when you have... Um, Going back to what you were saying about them being inexperienced, I think it shows, uh, especially with this token burn, that you know, not sending it to a zero address um, when it's commonplace, I don't really think that you know highlights a good thing or a good public image for them. But um, it's kind of Brian step one, right? On like it. you can Google that. Yeah. How do I burn tokens? I feel like there's got to yeah, be an answer. I, I know. Yeah, so I have a similar perspective, and and like you said. Tokens can be burned by via the the burn function, which is not in their s- smart contract, uh, or it can be sent to um, the zero address, which actually in itself it's not a special address, you know, but it's just somewhere where the community has formed uh, sort of a consensus, I guess, that like this is the place where you send tokens to be burnt, and if you send it here, then we will trust you that it's burned because like a token burn by definition, requires some sort of trust, right? And as a, as a crypto company, um, which like this whole industry was founded on the concept of, of trustless, right? Mm-hmm. Like a trustless concept. Like since this process of a, a token burn like requires trust, your job is to 
reduce the amount of trust as much as possible. And to do that, you do it the way that everyone does it. And I just feel like I don't have a crypto company. Even I know how to do the, the coin burn. Mm -hmm. So how can a room full of people who supposedly are very experienced at what they're doing, like, why would they think that this is appropriate? And they even made a video about the token burn where they announced that they sent it to a wallet with no private key, which, by the way, there's no wallet. No I, I'd also like to say something else about that video. Yeah, um, yeah. If you look carefully at it, uh, you can actually see the private key is scrubbed off. I it's mean, blurred. It's I, blurred. Yeah, it, it's blurred. You know, so obviously they still have some kind of access yeah. to that. It was blurred in uh, post production, which 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 means you have to have even more trust that the people yeah. um, who blurred that out they don't have a raw copy somewhere. Like, did exactly. did someone on the team do that? Wow. Did Justin wow. blur it out himself? Did um, I think like the the guy who does all of their videos, his name is Jason or something. Like, did Jason do it? Can we trust Jason? Can we trust Justin? Did Christian do it? Can we trust Christian? It's like, you can have a burn party. Like, that's great. But you can also just do it the right way in the burn party. Just send it to the zero address. It's much less work. You don't have to go through, like, create a, a wallet, which, by the way, the first time that he tried it, he actually forgot the password. So he made a second one. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's all of this extra work. It's all this extra work that does not have to be done. Well, that's how and, you know it's for reals. <laughs> right, but, but it's like you do all this extra work, and what do you get out of it? You get mistrust. Yes. Right? <laughs> so why go through all of that um, and introduce the concept of mistrust into this whole thing? And my whole perspective on it, I, like, I don't expect them to, to have access to those coins, you know? Because if, I guess, if even one sub was transferred from there it's the end of their project so i don't expect them to do that but but at the same time you have to think about like how many people had access to uh the unblurred raw content mm -hmm. and the second question is like why did they do it this way in the first place like is it because they're incompetent and if it is because they're incompetent like you have to seriously think about like if they can't even do that right how are they going to build a blockchain you know exactly <laughs> so I will I will do um, even though this isn't supposed to be I'm supposed to be pro sub I will say that I don't think it would be the end of their project only because it's very easy to have cognitive dissonance about this kind of stuff so uh, for just based on what you've told me here if that were to happen if a coin removed out of that wallet they could say look we screwed up we had the private key in editing whoever edited the video got a hold of it and they moved the coins. Um, it's a great loophole. You know, we'll we'll burn some more, or or they can say somebody brute forced that wallet. And they've clearly been trying for a long time. You know, it's unbelievable that it happened. Very statistically improbable, but it did. Or they can come up with something else, like oh well, turns out this didn't really happen. But don't worry, we'll put those back. And there could be a lot of different explanations that, if you're predisposed to accept the explanation, that you could accept that. Now, the response from the team was uh, to erase any doubt when we implement our new smart contract. This is the smart contract that comes after the second ICO. We will completely burn the 120 million tokens already, which are already burned in quotation or in uh, parentheses. This will ensure <laughs> there is no question that we no longer have access to these tokens. This is expected after the close, uh, the close of amplify ICO. We are on video on record for this substrate and burn party one substrate and burn party two. Um, and they are doing a third burn, 
which is going to be done to the 0x000 wallet. So they've said they're going to do that in future. So at least they understand, okay, yeah, we kind of screw this up. My concerns about burning the coins in the next ICO, which were actually kind of alleviated. Originally, I was concerned that, look, if they can actually burn the coins that were in those wallets, what's to stop them from burning the coins in other wallets that they don't like? Is there some way to do that? Because I can't can't code. So that's where my knowledge kind of ends. And... It looks like what they're actually doing is completely replacing the smart contract with new tokens, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, they're going to have to have a token, token swap. Token swap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing a full token swap with a new smart contract. And in the new smart contract, those tokens and those wallets will be gone is what they're saying. Um, I guess, yeah, if, the, if they do a whole token swap again just to screw somebody over, which is my – I've always thought, you know, whenever they have the ability to do something – you have to think about the worst case scenario. Maybe they don't like a content producer that's right. posting a video on YouTube that is somewhat negative about their project. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that, that person happens to hold substratum. I don't, but maybe they, maybe I did. I don't know. So, but it, it does seem like they're at least doing it in a way that can't be replicated. They're saying that the new code will be out of their hands. So they, they will be releasing control in whatever way they need to do to release control there. Uh, and won't have any sort of kill switch left behind that they can have access to. Again, it's a post ICO thing. So, but if that if that actually occurs, if all of that happens the way it is, I think it does eliminate the coin burn concerns about this. It doesn't eliminate the concerns about a company choosing to do it this way. But yeah, it does eliminate exactly. the concern about what happens to those coins when they were put in those wallets. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. I mean, again, up until now. Uh, I don't think I've actually came out and called them like a straight up scam. Um, all of my posts have just been about their behavior, uh, which, which I think is even more scary than like, that's the scariest thing. You know, the, mm-hmm. the fact that this even happened, it suggests uh, a level of incompetency, which, well, that's, that's like a whole different topic, but, but yes. <laughs> I actually have I, something to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, regarding manipulation but it's a little off topic but we, we don't mind CEO getting off has, topic the ceo has had a, a pretty long history of manipulation mm-hmm. uh in the in the earlier days i think it was actually around christmas time he gave a 30 dollar price prediction for his own token to about four thousand community members he basically compared he did it before elon made it cool yeah specifically <laughs> he compared substratum to ethereum like trajectory and um also around the same time, coincidentally, he tweeted 20 different uh, tweets and uh, that were pumping his own token. Like, you know, one said green buy wall and sub. And uh, there's even another one, believe it or not. He posted a picture of his dog uh, recommending his following on Twitter to buy Substratum. <laughs> you know, I mean, OK, this is kind of important. What CEO kind of dog was that? it? Uh, I'm not sure. Was it like I, a, I think... a border collie? I, I, I completely. <laughs> if I it's a Shiba Inu, like there's some merit there. <laughs> but yeah. any other dog has no space in the crypto space. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and just <laughs> just echoing on on that point by Will, uh, I do have a few quotes from his tweets here. Um, awesome. So the I first one is is from Telegram, which. Uh, I think Will said he made this comment around Christmas time last year, and he said, 100x, $30. That's my personal projection for the end of 2018. 
Hashtag and, not financial advice. Right. And right. Actually. Yeah. Actually going on to that. Um, a lot of the community members, the ones you see throughout Twitter, you know, always exactly. retweeting Gambit. Exactly. They, they all seem to follow this narrative that he made of $30. Yeah. Like, you know, the community has used this um, price prediction as something to strive for. <laughs> like exactly. it keeps on coming up this exact figure. What is the price? $30 today? is what Justin said. We're going to be there soon. And, and I mean, hold my moon bag. Yeah. yeah. And he did say that it's his personal projection, but at the same time, I feel like if Tim Cook went on went on <laughs> yeah. Twitter or something and be like, "Hmm, the price of Apple is going to go up ten percent next week," we have a, we have an actual example. Right. Elon Musk did exactly yeah. that. That's yeah. manipulation, yeah. and he was is, he was fined and required to step down as chairman of the board. Right. So 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 like me and Will kind of pointed this out quite a few times, and <laughs> and the response has also been like well brian you also do insider trading and oh and and i was like well i mean we were all caught up in this whole crypto thing like last year and of course like i was talking about what what coins i like you know and and i was saying like oh my i i i have friends who who i trust like they know this technology and they like say these coins are good I bet we all did some sort of thing like that. But the point of insider trading is like the first word, insider. And I was not an insider at any of these coins. Yeah, have I, you worked I, for any projects? No. Okay. Well, have you worked for any projects? No, I have okay. not. Okay. Actually, we um, could have got that out of the way in the beginning. but I should say that that I I volunteered to um, be, an, be an administrator for Icon for about two weeks. And that was just just a few months ago and then after after two weeks uh we we all thought like oh because like i like to write about all this stuff and there was some sort of conflict uh of interest like they didn't want me to share all my my own posts and i completely get that so i stepped down but but during this time it's like what insider trading and and like and i didn't actually work for icon you know i was not on their payroll ever so like what insider like what am I inside, right? But the opposite can be said for Justin. He's the CEO. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO. So of- was, did he say that in like direct response to your post about him saying that and being like, "Well, you better I, I, call me." I think down. that was more of the community members kind oh, of yeah. bringing up yeah, ICX yeah. and other tokens, just because they know you hold them. You know, I, I've seen them actually. You know, some people were asking in the Substratum chat about the price of Substratum recently. And uh, I think one of the moderators actually told them to look at the ICX chart. <laughs> well, and I want to so, be completely clear. I uh, My crypto portfolio at the moment is a very small percentage of my net worth. Uh, I I got out of most of my, my coins quite a while ago, but, but that's... Oh, thanks. Off, but that's off topic. Um, you caused it? Yeah, so... Going on with this uh, manipulation talk, like he he said, that's my personal projection: one hundred x thirty bucks. The and a lot of people have used that since then. You know, like they hold that in their hearts as something to strive for. Um, that's manipulation. And then in a and in the first or second video of the token burns, um, he specifically says. We're going to burn 60 million tokens tonight, which is going to help to raise the value of your guys' tokens. Well, that, that is kind of some of the point of a burn, I guess. What He's, is what is the... Do you know what the price is today? I, I, I haven't even pulled it up, but... Um, it's like four cents or five cents. Or something <laughs> like that. Dang, all-time high was about what, Brian? Three, 325, I think? 325 or something, but I got memed. Like, they made memes about me when I sold at like 190 or something. And, and, and they were like, don't be like... 
Brian, he sold at 190. Uh, yeah, but but he said he specifically said like we're going to help raise the value of your guys' tokens. He could have said we're going to burn 60 million tokens, which is going to reduce the, re- reduce the supply. But what he should not say is to raise the value of you guys' tokens because value like it is kind of corresponded to uh, the supply, of course. But it's also like more more importantly, like what determines the value of a coin, like based on how crypto is today. It's it's just like the last price that someone paid for it, right? Mm-hmm. So he should not say it's going to help to raise the value of your guys' tokens. Uh, and then in a few like in a few different tweets, he just like posts charts, and he's like the sub chart this week. It's been go. It's like gone. It's gone up a lot. I wonder if there are other CEOs that post their their charts like i mean i know there's a lot of crypto uh crypto twitter pages crypto youtube pages that post charts they, they draw triangles and make patterns sure and, and i don't know if i've ever seen like i don't know vitalik tweeting out right hey look got a good I signal follow, here the projects that i follow um they they've never done that i mean i guess charlie lee with litecoin the only thing that he kind of did like that was when when he publicly said that he sold his coins but that that's mm. different um but yeah there's like this this screenshot where he uploaded uh a screenshot of binance and it's just like his history and it all says like sub btc and it's just like all of these things that he bought so he's like screenshotting his purchase history of sub online and of course there's the one <clears throat> with the dog he's like my dog says substratum is finding support through all of this drama and you aren't per and like, why aren't you buying? Like, your dog said that. What does your dog know about crypto? Oh my gosh! And how? Do, and how do you talk to your dog? That sounds <laughs> like best that. advice from Tabby. So, <laughs> listen, I talk to my dog all the time. He, I, I, I look at him. I say something. He barks, and I assume that he's responding in the way that I want him to respond to. So, right. yeah, yeah right. give me one bark to buy sub, two barks to uh, make a video about it. All right, here we go. But um, actually, going on with manipulation, I had a few examples of some community members. Um, there's one community member, uh, he said, LOL, I'm not selling. It's all or nothing for me with substratum. I don't want a boat. Uh, he lives in the desert, I guess. And, uh, I just don't want to be homeless. So this person's willing to go homeless because of a projection the CEO made. And, uh, here's another example. This person said, if sub was a woman, I would date her. Cash means nothing to me as of yet. Well, so, so these could be. Examples of dog banicism. They could also be examples of trolls. I, I you know, I don't know because um, I've definitely made some some posts that are clearly trolls in my life. Where if somebody took them out of context, they would sit, they would sound either really bad or really stupid. But if right. you, if you read them in right. context, it's clear that I'm just trying to make somebody look really bad. And yeah, but it's hard to <clears throat> deny that there's an established history of, and you can go through their their chat. To look like this, people keep on bringing it up. Like sub is gonna be thirty bucks someday, and why do they use that number? Because someone suggested that number. Yeah, that's uh, that's that might be my least favorite so far. Of I, and I didn't get to ask uh, Christian, Christian about that in particular because I didn't know that one. That one's new to me, so that, it, that that's bad. And it also gives me the impression that they're really interested in the value of those tokens for reasons and uh those reasons may not be altruistic 
if they're really worried about those va- that value getting high. Now, obviously, there is a fine line between interest being aligned for running a project and having your token value getting high and your interest being aligned for running a project and having your token value being high so you can sell it and get out. Such a fine line, which is why trust matters so much in this ICO space. Um, we've gone over like all the stuff that I talked about, except for the fact that they're running a second ICO. I think have we missed anything that is worth bringing up? Well, I mean, I'd like to go over just their technology. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. So what? Here's here's my pro substratum point. Before you get to that, yeah, they they do appear to have a working project. Crypto Candor mm-hmm. is one of the content producers that I do have a lot of respect for. She covered the fact that they were able to break through a firewall in China, and that's pretty cool. I know accessing Facebook or anything like that there is a big hurdle. Um, Sure. So it appears that they have, at least in a beta version, produced on their original promise, which a lot of ICOs can't say. So uh, let yeah, like, kind of prove me wrong. Yeah. So the first first thing I want to say is generally – firewalls are reactive they're not proactive you know they don't know how to hunt down things um that that don't exist you know so in order to block something the firewall has to see the traffic first uh so in in this case yes they can go on facebook in in china uh in russia i forgot what other countries they wrote about but but what people should know is that Anyone can set up um, a VPN of themselves. And as long as that IP is not on the list of blocked ones, they can go in and out. So the issue with traditional VPNs is, and this is often um, brought up in, in the subchat, it's like the way that VPNs work and the way that their packets look, um, firewalls can identify them pretty quickly. Uh, and that's just because of... Um, the way that they go back and forth, and also the kind of composition of their packets. Uh, you can spot pretty quickly if you know what uh, you're looking for, like what VPN traffic looks like. And that's the issue with v- VPNs. And in order to block a VPN, you have to um, look at it from an external source. So, I mean, of course you can hack inside the company to get a list of all of the uh, IPs that they have. But that's illegal, I think. But you can look at it from an outside source and see like, oh, this traffic looks like VPN. So I'm going to block um, and then people can't use it anymore. And that's why VPN companies, they always have to switch around their uh, IPs and all that. And it's just because those IPs get blocked and they have to find new ones. And the way that Substratum kind of goes around this is they have this thing called masquerading traffic. And what they do is like they make all of the packets uh, look like nor- normal packets. So it looked like just, I think Christian Pope one time said, this packet looks like it's uh, like from Skype. This one looks like it's from Call of Duty or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, and it's just like you, you can't say that that's substratum traffic. And that's why at the moment it can't be blocked. But the thing that people are not considering is um, blocking it from an internal perspective. Because when you set up nodes, those nodes have to connect to different nodes on the network. And if you and you, and if you actually look at the, uh, I th- I think they posted like four or five of these. Look, we broke through China. We broke through Russia, right? If you look at all of those uh, 
uploads like on the screen they have four nodes because they set up four nodes and then they route traffic through the four nodes so by definition and you can see on the screen that one node knows the ip address of the next node so if you are a government and you set up a few nodes and it connects to other nodes on the network you can just make a list of what ips are on the network and just block those ips but the question is um is china going to care enough about this to do it anytime soon i don't know but but i'm just saying like traditionally things like vpns and tor they're blocked externally substratum can't be blocked externally if they're masquerading works um, because you can't really identify their packets but the beauty of open source software is anyone can download a node and set it up and uh i'm not too sure how nodes are going to communicate with other nodes on the network to like like if if node a like node a will have to ping node b right and there's some sort of way to to do that and i think uh one of the developers um mentioned at one point that they were going to look into a network pro- protocol called gossiping and what's that and what that is is just like uh node a will kind of like hey i'm a node and node b will connect to node a because they know that they're on the same network uh and by design if node b gets blocked presumably node a will kind of make another signal and try to connect to node c and if you just keep on doing that you have a list of ips of node b node c node d node e because node a is constantly trying to find nodes on the network so if you just set up a node of your own and constantly block the nodes that it's it's connecting to sooner or later you're going to block all the nodes on the network and that's something that no one has talked about but <clears throat> at the same time if you run substratum node um through their command line uh so like not the one that looks nice you know just just right the the dos yeah. looking thing or right. or the yeah. terminal it shows you the ip address of the node you're connected to and that has nothing to do with encryption uh so i've brought this up before and uh a few people in the community are like well it's not encrypted yet blah 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 but the ip address won't be encrypted what's encrypted is the package that the uh node is transferring and i actually found a um not a spreadsheet but a but a slideshow uh on substratum's website that shows the topology of their network and it shows like yes the data is encrypted but the IP will have to remain public, right? Because you have to know where to send it to. There's no way to encrypt that. So uh, so to sum it up in a basic way, because we're crypto basic, the, right now it works. But as soon as somebody decides we're going to stop this, there's a relatively easy path to destruction yeah, of and, the network. Yeah, <clears throat> and because like, and the whole reason behind that is because this is open source. Anyone can download it and set up a node. And if you're a government uh, inside China, inside Russia, all you have to do is spin up a few nodes. It'll connect to other nodes on the network and it shows you on the screen what node it's connected to. So you just like... That might even be dangerous depending because Russia and China do have reasonably authoritarian governments. If if they think you're getting around something, that could be bad for you, right? So that's that's my next point. Like at the moment, um, China is looking to ban people who set up vpns right like they're constantly trying to shut down those companies but there's not that much action against people who use them but the way that substratum works is when you set up a node you can serve or you can consume 
which essentially means if you set up a node, you could be classified as a VPN provider. And and I feel like that that needs to be said because and that does and they don't put it that way on their website, of course. But I was just thinking like if you're in China and you install this node and then like first of all, your IP is actually public. Like if someone connects to you, they know it's your IP. But and at the same time, the way that this system works is you can also serve and you can also consume. So by serving, it kind of like you can argue that you're actually providing some kind of VPN service and that's illegal in China. So interesting. So you might if you're using that in China, you might be just straight up doing something illegal, which you'll this this kind of harkens back to me. This is just a random an- or not anecdote, but random connection I'm making to when people were using Bitcoin for drugs. Like mm-hmm. it was they didn't re- they thought it was anonymous, but they didn't realize there was a pseudo anonymity there. So yeah. there was a real possibility as data points were connected that de-anonymizing people's wallets was a or or addresses was a thing that could happen, and that's how we ended up with you know some people kind of going down for that. Um, and now they've moved on to more private coins like a Monero or something like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is kind of a step one. Maybe the maybe Substratum kind of sees this. Is, is this a kind of a fatal flaw in the software, or can they apply some sort of baseline encryption to this to to solve the problem? Well, <clears throat> there is encryption, but the problem is the encryption only encrypts the data that it's transmitting. No, but it doesn't encrypt the actual IP address. Well, is that possible? Is it possible to encrypt? Like, again, I don't know. I, I, I assume you have some coding background because you're talking about technology or you might not. I don't know. But I don't have a coding background, but I've talked to quite a few established network infrastructure people about mm-hmm. this. And uh, and granted, like, I didn't want to take up too much of their time. So I kind of told them about it and I sent them a link to the white paper. A, a, a few of them briefly read through it. The general consensus was just kind of like, this is not possible. Okay. On on a long-term perspective, of course. Like, it will be possible until someone compiles a list of IPs on the network. And that's easy to do just by, like, you just set up a node. And then you know the IP of the node that you're con- connected to. And once you block that, the node's going to find a different node to connect to, you know? Yeah, actually... Adding on to what Brian said, really and truly, there's nothing stopping a government just from setting up a few nodes to do a reverse IP discovery. I mean, the only way I guess they could get around this would be if they launched with billions of users on day one. Yeah. Um, And even even then, then it would just be a matter of time. Yeah. Would you be able to combine? I wonder if you could combine the two technologies, both VPN and this. Or or maybe I guess they would identify the VPN in any way. It's been marketed as a VPN-less VPN. I think that's what they've called it, Brian. Yeah, they call it a VPN-less VPN, which I actually don't understand the concept yeah. of that. <laughs> well, if you're, I guess they're using different technology to accomplish just theoretically the same thing. That could be what they're getting at. So this is a pretty big strike, but again, they're still in a beta beta situation. Have they responded to that kind of allegation that um, it, it could be discovered? I've brought I mean, this, I know at this point they hate you, so... <laughs> I've brought this up a few times, but it's never taken seriously just because of who it's coming from, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and another big thing that has been brought up quite a few times, and this is about their second product, Substratum Host, which is 
uh, essentially decentralized web hosting. A lot of people had questions about how Substratum host would host dynamic websites. So there's a so static sites just use HTML, JS, and CSS. Uh, dynamic websites, which um, most websites you see on the internet are dynamic websites. So that would be like WordPress or Joomla or Magento, Drupal, anything that uses PHP, which is almost everything nowadays. Uh, there was a problem like pe- people were asking, like, how are you going to distribute a dynamic website, right? Because things, because when you go to a, a, a WordPress site, each time you go there, uh, stuff is being created in real time, you know? And that's how you can have uh, things where uh, it says like, hi, Bob, this is your cart. And if someone else goes on that site, it's like, hi, Char- hi Charles, like this is your cart. Um, so it can be different depending on who sees the site. And he, and people were like, wait, how are you going to distribute like a PHP site? Because that would have to require all the nodes on the network who hold pieces of the site to, to kind of work together to execute the code in exactly the right time. And like you can't really factor in latency because like what if one node is down but that node had that part, you know? So now the, the, the site won't render. And so many people had questions about that. Like if you just search for um, substratum host PHP, like there's at least 15 threads about it. And every single time someone just responds with, it will be supported. Okay. But but then like you dig into it a bit more and it almost seems like what substratum host will be is substratum itself will host the websites on their servers. And then the nodes on the network will essentially act as a content delivery network like Cloudflare where, you know, the node closest to you might send that website to you. But the node itself isn't specifically holding the data of your website, which I feel like that's what it was marketed to be. Yeah, that doesn't sound a whole lot different from Web 2.0 to me. That's th- that's not decentralized. That's <laughs> uh... no, it's not. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so so that was just like another thing that people never received any kind of confirmation on, and I and of course I didn't expect them to completely outline how they were going to do it. But it's like when so many people ask, maybe you should just kind of give an outline, you know, of of how you plan to do that because it's true. Like so so many people have been have tried to uh, decentralized PHP and um, the underlying database software, but it's like no one really has done that at scale, and not sure if it's actually even possible or if it is possible if it would be such a performance hit that no one would use it so that's like a big deal because right even using tor is like wordpress tor so it, drags on it's so slow when you load up a tor browser yeah so that was just like another example of of them not really giving the technical info and they've been working on a technical yellow paper for how many months now i don't know like it's at least two or three i think yeah they announced it pretty recently. Yeah. Well, so maybe we'll get more info with that. But yeah, it, this we'll is a work in progress. Like I said, if we're going to give them a grade on how far along they are versus how far along random X or Y ICO is, they seem further. Uh, they they seem you know further along than I don't know engine or anything yeah. like that. Like they there is there's a beta that's doing what they said it was going to do. It may not be doing it in the right way. It may not be doing it in a sustainable fashion. But ideally, you you like to think that a group capable of creating 
that particular uh, product might be capable of improving it to the point where it can be mm-hmm. scalable. Um, Maybe, but at the same time, it's like if you go to China, you can just, if you're kind of a technical person yourself, you can set up your own VPN at a, just like anyone can do that. So I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> anyone can it do that. Almost, really. It almost gets to the point where you kind of think, do you really need a token to use it for passing, you know, bypassing censorship? That's true. That's true. That's true. That's a I mean, big, there's not, there's not really a lot of details on monetization yet. I know their model is, I guess, for lack of a better term up in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I just want to like quickly say that so, Substratum actually doesn't use blockchain, right? Oh wait, their their new net. Or, so I mean, they're using Ethereum, but they don't. Their software doesn't use blockchain at all. Mm, yeah, the 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 only thing that uses blockchain will be their new Amplify exchange, which they're building their own bridge chain. Uh, but Substratum Node does not use blockchain. Though. The the only thing that is kind of like can can be construed as blockchain is payouts. So they're just using the sub token for payouts, mm-hmm. which. So it's just like a payment method. So I don't, I don't know why it has to exist. And supposedly you can stake it to earn more. Um, but as a whole, I feel like Substratum node doesn't require blockchain because you actually don't need sub to run a node. I agree. I would say that that is true of a lot of ICOs. We we have a lot of uh, issues with a lot of the tokens that come out. It. it did this need to be its own token? And the answer sure. is almost always no, but that it is a convenient way for raising funds or raising yeah. funds again. Right. So that's true. Uh, let's let's talk about basically the the last big the last big point. Their second ICO. Um, they're they're running a second ICO for this decentralized exchange, and I am going to talk about what the team said, and then and then we can just kind of. You know, talk about what we think about a second ICO. Um, the oh oh, uh, we we missed the mint function. Sorry, before we talk about the second ICO. Oh yeah, the, there was a there was an ability for them to make as many tokens as they want um, via the mint function. It doesn't even have to be the same way that Oyster did it, where they actually have to pay all kinds of gas and Ethereum, like as if they're buying the yeah. ICO. Right. So this one is 100% they can just create it out of thin air. It exists. It's there. They haven't denied that it's there. They have said it will be a part of the new contract that that function is gone. But the new contract, as we know, comes out after the ICO. So pre-ICO, they could, in theory, make as many tokens as they want, which will then be captured by the ICO transfer over. We don't know if they're going to do that. But that's a a massive point of trust to have. Um, mm. So they uh, they have said that they're being independently audited by Quantstamp. I'm not familiar with Quantstamp, but I do appreciate independent audits. I, I feel like that needs to happen more in the space. Peer review, independent audits are super important. And it if everybody if I had independent research on every paper I've ever written or every tweet I've ever published, every single one of them would be different because. I'm going to miss something. Uh, and if I was writing code, I would miss even more stuff. So, yeah, that's it's super important to have somebody take a look over it. Um, so let me see what they said about their uh, – Did wait, uh, there, do we have any comments on the mint function? Sorry. Uh, there's actually one thing that they don't really hint on, 
but it's the freeze token function because there's two functions that's still going to be enabled i haven't heard anybody say anything about that oh the the i you know what i forgot to ask christian about the freeze they have the ability to freeze funds yeah on the which is what which is one of the um one of the issues we had with something like ripple which even though they can't freeze the xrp tokens they can freeze the assets on the other sides um a, a, a freeze is just something that somebody maybe shouldn't have the power to do. Uh, I I hope they get rid of it, but if they aren't if they aren't taking any sort of a stance on that, then you have to know that the substratum team, again another point of trust, would have the ability to freeze your tokens. But right. if they are completely decentralizing this the way they say they are, I imagine that has to be out of there, right? Because then anybody could initiate the fund. They could do what what happened with the the parity. Um, multi-sig thing where the guy just like bricked all that ethereum and had it sit there so if that freeze function still exists and anyone can call that function then that's going to be a problem mm. definitely um let's see uh we didn't let's see open source I, I gotta find where they were talking about the second ico um i i'll, I'll just go off on a point real quick um i find it rather strange given their current market cap, that they're based on ICO tokenomics. They are trying to raise three times their current market cap. Um, they don't have an actual hard cap for their ICO and, you know, typical USD uh, or liquid value known assets. And uh, the only actual hard cap they get for it is in 740 million AMPX tokens. Which is the total supply that they're selling. Nearly. Yeah. And they're keeping 420 million AMPX for themselves for operational team uh, expenditures. So they're only releasing a, what was that, like 15%, it's 12.5%? Yeah, their total supply is, I think, 1.2 billion for Amplify. Yeah. And um, but more like I think Will's point was they're trying to raise, depending on how the the tiers go they're trying to raise somewhere between 60 million and 100 million dollars wow. when their actual token market cap is 20 million to 25 how have they done so far i was just, I, I just was at a conference where a university of florida professor but he provided a bunch of statistics on icos and the crowd sales in them and a massive percentage of the icos happen in the first 30 seconds uh, i mean the purchase of the ICOs happened in the first 30 seconds, which may be skewed by some of those big projects that sold out super quickly. But do we, how have they done so far? I know they started the ICO like last week. Uh, well, it's still I, I found that yeah. you want me go ahead, Brian. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I just found it kind of strange how quick their soft cap was met, especially uh, given the current, current market conditions. And interesting, interestingly enough, maybe two or three days before they tweeted out that it was met, there was a 20 million sub sell wall in Binance. Um, hmm. I'm not going to throw any accusations at, at that, but I just think it's rather odd, you know, a day or two later, Hey, we, uh, met our soft cap. That's a, so the that's whole idea of a soft cap is like, Hey, if we pass this soft cap, then we can keep everything after it. So, right. so that's the thing to keep in mind. Okay. So, so are, are there statistics on how much they've raised so far and keeping in mind that this may be, um, a little bit inaccurate by the time you listen to this episode? I think it's somewhere around five million that they've raised so far. Come on, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I was hoping that was going to be like one. That five million was their soft cap, right? I think it was one or three million was their soft cap. One or three million was their soft cap. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I. So, th- philosophically, from a second ICO standpoint, I, 
I want nothing more than this to not be the case and to not work. I'm hoping that this is just like fake that they're sending it to themselves in order to make themselves look good or something. I don't know, but I really don't want projects who just got wrecked in the markets going out and doing second ICOs because I know they bit off more than they could chew when they had a hundred million and now they have ten. You know, I, I understand that they only raised uh thirteen million the first time. But the first Only. time they did that raise, <laughs> Ethereum was probably like two hundred dollars, yeah. two fifty. Yeah, now, given it's below that 200. now, but they've spent they spent a lot of their money to get the project rolling. Ideally, when it was <laughs> up there in the in the stratosphere. So yeah, that if they mismanaged their funds and they've ended up with too big of a budget, then you know that's on them. That's not on the community to to yeah. bail them out. But and. And I think there's some proof behind that because if you look at uh, their crowd sale wallet, they really didn't start liquidating their ether until I would say like two or three, two or three months ago. Will would that be accurate? Yeah, oh, they liquidated some, but pretty recently, I think up to up until about a month ago, yeah, uh, they were wi- liquidating ETH on a biweekly basis. So the the thing that the thing to keep in mind here is after their ICO, they actually split up their their funds into 25% USD, 25% USDT, 25% Bitcoin, and 25% Ether. So the fact that they're liquidating Ether on a biweekly basis, like 1,000 at a time, kind of like in a bear market too, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of suggests that maybe they're out of USD or out of USDT. So why would you be... <laughs> liquidating thousands of ether in a bear market if you didn't have to right that's such a strange like why 25 percent usdt just like well they wanted to hedge it into uh an asset that wouldn't move up move up or down so much which which i I, which i think is smart but they was the dollar not good enough (laughs) right right well that's a good point but then they would have to pay taxes oh yeah i guess that's true (laughs) Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> and and I you know I won't get started on Tether. The listeners, longtime listeners, are are well aware of our of our stance on Tether, and basically every stablecoin option is strictly better. So I hope yeah. that Tether um, very slowly, quietly exits the market sooner than later. It's doing a really shitty job of being worth a dollar. It's like its only yeah. job. So. <laughs> 85 cents at one point right i don't know how low it got but i know that consistently the other coins are higher so if you go like a true usd it's like three or four cents higher right so if you really think tether's got the money and they're there you can go ahead and arbitrage the shit out of it right all right so (laughs) so to um yeah the, the the second the second ico they're trying to raise a lot of money they may have been irresponsible with their funds before this and and many times a scam or a, a Ponzi scheme or something like that isn't intentional. Many times what will happen in these scenarios, it's a poorly run business that gets ahead of itself and needs to keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. And eventually they run out and somewhere in there, they twist the knife and they go in the opposite direction. In my poker years, I was part of exposing another uh, Ponzi scheme in the poker community. It was called the players poker championship. They, uh, they they ran a tournament in Aruba with a uh, huge prize pool, two hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand. I can't hmm. remember how much it was, but they told everybody who made more than ten thousand, oh, due to Aruba laws, we can't pay you out. And uh, <laughs> and what? Now, yeah. <laughs> and when everybody went back to the United States, they were expecting to get checks from them. 
uh-huh. excuses, excuses, excuses. I found out some information, released it to the community, and very quickly they had charges brought against them. But I knew those guys before that, and I, I don't think they set out to run a Ponzi scheme. So um, it, sometimes it's obvious. BitConnect set out to run a Ponzi scheme. That was that was not uh, a unintentional destruction. Yeah. They promised you 1% returns on your money every day, which is obviously never possible. And um, they they used a pyramid scheme to get people in. So so that was a clear scam from day one. Substratum is, to me, now I'm going to kind of sum this up from what we've talked about. This is going to be like my kind of final verdict. And I really, um, you know, no, I'm not I'm not going to talk about my final, final verdict yet because I forgot about the ad hominem attacks. We got to talk about how the, uh, the community has treated you. Now, I feel like the listeners uh, that have gotten this far, and I know this is a long episode, if you've gotten this far, you have probably come to the conclusion that these guys have done their research. Um, that this is, you know, they they seem like you guys seem like reasonable people. Um, the 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 community as a whole, and my experience so far, does not seem reasonable. And um, their they their their attack on me was that we didn't have enough YouTube subscribers to matter. All right, um, their attack on you was that. I, at least one of the ones that uh, this Beowulf dude sent me, the, the guy who's the moderator of their Telegram, he sent me a screenshot of when you were bullish on Substratum. And he's like, see, look at this. He's playing both sides of the fence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you're allowed to change your mind, right? You said right at the beginning of this episode yeah. that you owned it. And then at right. one point you did research and you're like, holy yeah. shit, uh, maybe I shouldn't own this. So, as far as I know, like we're all humans here. So humans are allowed to change their mind over time. That's how progress happens in this world. So I don't see, I don't see why it's a big deal that I changed my mind based on new things that I learned. I agree with that. Now he's, he sent me a bunch of stuff in a private chat that he, I guess he wanted me to see. And I had to directly ask him. He sent me a screenshot of, of a hacker being caught by the, by some authorities and, Mm -hmm right after he sent a bunch of crap about you and i i had to ask him like so are you telling me the hacker was brian and he's like no i'm like so why did you send that to me what <laughs> was you were just saying hey congratulations we helped find a hacker and <laughs> yeah i don't know how to hack uh, <laughs> i wish i did so yeah so I don't either, so they so. take this so remember what i said before that if somebody took random like funny trolly stuff i said out of context it would yeah. it would be really he sent me something here that said from you, I just want to be rich enough to pay off my student loans, not asking for millions. As if that was some evidence that you right. were doing something wrong. So, there, and I'm sure there's other ones that you have favorites that are some of the other ad hominem attacks that he's put out yeah. there. He he got he sent me so much of this stuff. Uh, publishes inflammatory, malicious FUD, gets called out for it, apologizes for publishing said FUD, continues to do so. What, what sure. would you say the validity of that is? Well... I think when it comes to shilling versus FUD, it all depends on what side you're on. Like, mm-hmm. And I mean, the same thing can apply to the chart of Bitcoin as well. If you flip it upside down, you're suddenly very bullish. <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends on what, what side of the fence that you're on, right? Like, right. if I'm considered a FUDster, is that even a word? I don't know. But if, I, if I'm considered a FUDster, from my perspective, I feel like that I'm shilling the right thing 
right? Mm. But from their perspective, I'm a fudster. But then I just see them as a shill. So it it all depends like what what side of the fence you're on. And uh, just speaking about the validity of, of his claims, it always seems to be taken out of context. Uh, for example, like that that comment that you just made, I think that was on Reddit, right? Like, where yeah, it was a Reddit screenshot where you're talking about Ripple. Yeah. It had nothing to do with... Right, uh, right, right, right. So yes, back then, Ripple was a great investment. Like, it pumped like crazy. And I legitimately wanted to pay off my student loans. How dare you I, want to pay I off just, student loans? What is wrong with you? I just don't you're not allowed to want to make money. Why, why, that's, why that's bad, you know? Like, we are in this space because... Like some people care about the tech. I care about the tech, but like most people, right? They're in this space to make money. So if I say like, I want to make enough to pay off my student loans, like why is someone trying to use that against me as a bad thing? Mm-hmm. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot here that is very, it's very circumstantial at best. Did you apologize for some portion of this at some point? Um, I think at one point, I might have written something about the status of their project or something, and then that ended up being wrong. So I apologized. But mm-hmm. shortly after that was when they released their second ICO, and that's when I kind of got, got back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by then, a lot of different things have, have happened. And I've looked into it more, like the whole partnership stuff, perhaps the fake front page thing. So yeah. And has he done any of this to to you, Will? Uh, I've had quite a few attacks, <laughs> um, to say the least. He didn't send me any of the ones that he gave you because he he knew that. I, I don't I even know I'm how he knew little, Brian was coming on the show, but I say I think I'm on, on a little better page with him than uh, Brian is. But I've had a couple of legal threats. Oh, I had one for defamation of character on a article and. Another one for something else. I'm not sure what it was, but I don't think we touched on this, but I feel like it's relevant. Some of the Telegram bans, I so I noticed on Reddit, uh, there was a post recently. Most of the issues, um, the mods just ignore it. Um, people like Beowulf, uh, they typically just post price positive uh, and factual, factually inaccurate results. And they don't allow any objectivity within their chat at all. So... I guess for them to say that I am slandering them, it's kind of like what Brian was set, was saying earlier. They have a certain mindset, and if you don't live up to that mindset or you don't engage in price positive, factually, you know, or you're just not a you're not objective and you're just focused on the project, you will basically be called a fudster. Yeah, and there's this circulating um, idea that Will and I are being paid by someone. Yes, yeah. I want to get into that. that too. That, yeah. Okay, so here's here's my thing with the paid Fudster crap. Yeah, it's not like Substratum has a direct negative correlation with something else. So mm-hmm. if you are being paid by somebody, who's paying you? The U.S. government for the dollar to go up against Substratum only? <laughs> that I don't understand where the um, where the benefit is on the other end. Somebody sure. either has to really hate yeah. Justin, or yeah. they have to have a monetary reason to be paying somebody to make him look bad. And right. I just don't, you know, I actually, it's only negative when we say bad stuff about projects, we will lose any possible subscribers from that community. Mm-hmm. We will often get uh, brigades like substratum did to us or like they've done to you 
in the past. So it is more net negative, I think, than net positive. Everybody thinks that you get all these clickbait, uh, tons of things, and yeah. and all of a sudden an influx of people who just want to love to hate Substratum. It's not really like that, man. Like you, there, right. I, I I could post all the shitty things I want about some of the popularly shitty projects like Tron or Verge or whatever, and we have, and we haven't gotten any extra subscribers from from it. I promise you. Yeah. So that is a. The paid Fudster's response is a classic um, head in the sand buried thing. It's it's similar to what you would see in like uh, U.S. politics, where it's if, just a deflection. You know, there exactly. one side will be the deep state, one side will yeah. be um, I don't know what the boogeyman is for for liberals, but uh, there there's always something there. And we've compared some of these projects to religion before on our. Um, <laughs> on cryptocurrency and religion episode that we did and and you see some of the definite things i also want to point out that b wolf was not the the biggest douche in their chat in their chat to me it was this guy zach f um he he was uh he was by far the worst person in there um Mm -hmm. b wolf was reasonably neutral um and and christian was reasonably positive and uh but 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 the yeah the Zach guy and um, David was half and half like at, in the beginning he was a dick and then when he realized somebody <laughs> was talking to me he wasn't yeah but yeah there there was it, these the admins of our chat aren't going to be that way to anybody so right and if they were they wouldn't right. be admins for very long yeah under and any I just circumstances to point out that uh, after I wrote my first post about Amplify I think um, it actually got circulated around and. And there's this like group out there with Justin and a few other Substratum mods. And the order to ban my ass came straight from Justin. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was actually posted on Twitter too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Screenshots of that. And in that same kind of conversation, I think Justin also revealed that they had enough interest for Amplify to be a completely private sale. I'm just. <laughs> How'd that work? How'd that work out? <laughs> Why conduct a public sale if you have enough private interest, right? Like, oh, we have enough for a private sale. It's not an issue. Ban his ass. I never did get to uh, get to give their reason for for that. I'm sorry. I I got distracted and I meant to read their explanation for the new ICO. Oh, okay. Um, their, Their explanation was... Justin had several versions of products he'd like to see contributed for the good of the crypto community. He decided to push forward with Substratum because eliminating censorship was the closest thing to his heart. It's what he cared the most for. And actually, I can sympathize with that. This has not changed. He's been very clear about this. The funds raised in our first ICO were to support Substratum Node, Substratum Host, and CryptoPay. At the time, adding in an exchange to the mix was seen as a five-year goal, not a two-year goal. But the further we got into development, the more glaring the need became for a complete ecosystem, not to mention the time it takes to become a fully licensed exchange. If we waited two years to start this process, that would put us out four years. Four years in crypto is a long time, especially with all the changes that are coming. We wanted to get ahead of the coming changes. May it also be noted that there are many household name companies that have gone through multiple rounds of funding. This is more normal than most realize. I mean, uh, I'm so I I did a really bad job of being pro sub this, this this whole thing. Like I was trying to present their side, but yeah, it is not even close to the same as a round of VC funding. Yeah, there is not. no yeah. percentage being given out of the company here. So no. 
And if there, if there is, you're running some sort of illegal offering. Um, right. So it's just the network. And obviously, we see them. We see these things as investments, but there is inherent inherent difference between getting a percentage of a company and yeah. of a, a centralized company in, in a in a jurisdiction with very clear regulation. Yeah. And getting a token on possible future network right but it all right. boils down to you don't have any say in the future of the company as, right you get no voting power as someone right right that's what it all and i just want to make one point about amplify like the i feel like the whole concept from the start is flawed because their whole concept was to combine the best parts of centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges um and the best part of a decentralized exchange is you hold your own funds right mm-hmm that's the whole point of it. Um, they didn't take that into account. In order to use Amplify, you you will have to transfer your funds no. to a controlled wallet. Yep. Come on. They're releasing Just a decentralized exchange where they're going to be controlling the funds? They are releasing what they are called a it's, hybrid exchange, yeah. which is which combines the best parts of a decentralized and centralized exchange. But the best part of a decentralized exchange is that you hold your own funds. But Amplify, in order to use it, you're going to have to uh, transfer funds to a wallet that they control. And Justin, uh, he confirmed this in a video uh, like a month or two ago when he was in Singapore, I think. So I just don't understand like how that combines any sort of the best part of a decentralized exchange. When the whole point of a decentralized exchange is you keep your own funds. Is it like a permanent thing or is this something that they're kind of the the custodian that performs the liquidity transfer? Like is it is it smart contract that goes through their wallet? Because I, I can see if they're providing the liquidity of all the different tokens and it goes through them but they never actually have custody of it. Um, uh, well, he specifically said substratum controlled wallet. Huh. So I'm just, I don't know what that means, but for certain it means it won't be your own wallet. Yes. <laughs> I, I would be willing to forgive it if it's if it's like a, an atomic swap situation where they're kind of the middleman only during the execution of the trade process. Still a little right. bit iffy, but a lot of different exchanges work, uh, decentralized exchanges yeah. work that way. In- I don't think that's the case. I feel like the way that I understand it from their white paper, the decentralized portion is just going to be um, kind of a redundant copy of the order book that's just distributed across different nodes. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work in regards to transactions per second and how the uh, exchanges engine is going to account for latency across different nodes. Um, That's to be determined, but that's the decentralized part. It's just a copy of the book across different nodes. Wow. And also substratum nodes will be used to verify transactions, which kind of puts the performance of the exchange in the hands of global network latency. And the fact that it's a hybrid exchange, it means presumably maybe the decentralized part would slow down the centralized part. But I just don't get the whole point of this project. You know, the whole point of a DEX is to keep your own funds on your own wallet. If you don't have that point you can't say we're combining the best points yeah of both uh, finance works just fine if you want to trust somebody like we we've said this before we we always will preach keep your own if you don't have the private keys it's not your money but yeah there are some people who don't have the technical know-how to accurately move their funds around and keep them 
and keep them in such a way that they'll have access to them. They'll forget the passwords. They'll use a shitty password, uh, or or they'll leave the private key sitting in a Google Doc or something. There there are people who are better off keeping their money on exchanges, even though we preach not to do so. And if you're going to, you go. You want to do it on one of the ones that at least have the community trust or in a more in Coinbase's case a more heavily regulated situation or in Binance's case have just built enough community trust and completely shutting down every hack attempt and everything like that, that they've been able to do. Um, right. And, but what we're talking about here is all of that trust and all the shitty execution that comes with a decentralized exchange. Like I've used radar radar relay. It's got a very yeah. nice interface and I was able to make some trades with spank chain tokens, which is hard to do other places. But it was slow. It was annoying. It was like not the greatest thing in the world. I'm happy that I could do it decentralized in a decentralized right. way. But unless they've got a throughput that is more than any other token that we've ever seen before, it's going to be a worse user experience to use that yeah. DEX. And if you're not even getting your own custody, and again, mm-hmm. I haven't read that white paper, so I don't know. This is this is just us, you know, BSing based on what we've heard. Uh, that would be that would be bad. So, yeah. But I think the speed thing... Oh, Will just disappeared. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we can finish up. Uh, we're, we're, we went way over time. We'll, I'll oh, wrap. Yeah. Just tell, tell me what you're telling me about that exchange, and then I'll do my kind of sum it up. And if he pops back in, right. then definitely. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, I think the whole speed thing with decentralized exchanges shouldn't really be viewed as, as a con, because that, that's the price you pay, right? Mm-hmm. For... for to, to keep your own funds. Um, and the fact that they just decided that that's not the most important thing to focus on, it just I just don't I don't understand the concept of this exchange, like why it needs to exist and why they and why they can't focus on doing the first two things first that they wanted to do. Like now they have to focus on three things in three completely different industries. So, well, they they needed more money, which is which is the 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 end the end all of this is there needed to be a little bit more money. Um, I'm very scared of what ICOs are going to be doing now that we're in this massive bear market. And this is not necessarily even specifically substratum. Again, they could be doing this in a very altruistic and not scammy manner. But I, yeah. we are going to see a lot of ICOs fall to the wayside and become essentially pseudo kind of exit scams, but not really. Like they tried, but... The price just tanked and they couldn't hold out and they can't right. pay anybody with Ethereum. So we're going to see a lot of that on a lot of the lower market cap projects just kind of trickle out and disappear. We're going yeah. to see regulation crack down and a second ICO when we're already in that uncertainty situation, when they already have a community that they're accountable for. An ICO means you're accountable to your community. Like we, we forgive ICOs that raise things and put out a completely centralized product if they were only gotten by private investors or something like that. Mm. But if you raise money for the community, you should be doing things that benefit the community the most. So my summation of what we've talked about today is that this project is uh, very dangerous. Uh, This project is they have explanations that sound good upon first inspection. They are saying them in the right manner, but you will find we found that they have a time horizon of post second ICO or they have the requirement of trust in the team. 
which is something that you're doing in most ICOs that you invest in, to be fair. You have to trust that their team is going to follow through with their word. So do, do I trust the Substratum team based on what I've seen? No. I, I do really appreciate the way that, uh, that Christian handled this. I feel like he is doing a good job. If there is a scam going on behind the scenes, I don't think he knows about it. Um, but this is – oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just messaged him. I told him that we're wrapping up soon. Okay. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, wanted, I wanted him to be able to kind of say where we could find him. But my, my opinion has not changed. I do believe that this is very likely to be a scam. I don't know that they set out this way. I do see red flag after red flag after red flag. And each one of them could be forgiven in and of itself. Like, we make fun of Walton Chain all the time for that tweet. It's the only red flag that's really come across my desk on Walton Chain. I'm not out here screaming from the rooftop saying, yo, get out of Walton Chain. It's probably not good. And really, if you want to be in Substratum, that's totally up to you. Uh, All crypto is risky. So if that's where you want to put your your nuggets and you you believe what they're doing and you have trust in them, feel free to do so. But... What I see is they've had a bunch of attacks on you. They've had a bunch of attacks on me. They've had a bunch of attacks on anybody who seems to have a problem with this rather than a discourse. And I offered in that last video, I offered very aggressively, anyone from the team that wants to come on this show and argue with me, they're welcome to do so. I, I did not get taken up on that. The best that they did was talk to me in the Telegram. I, yeah. I, um, I, I'm just – you did your research. You emailed people. They asked for ridiculous proof. You gave it to them, and it didn't matter. That's the that's the thing. There's you can see the dogmaticism there, and dogmaticism in anything can just be a really bad thing. Uh, and you you see it in scams. You see it. You saw it with BitConnect. You see it in multi level marketing. You see it with uh, I, I don't know, like cults. You see it in all kinds of different ways that end up being scams vector marketing sales with those <laughs> knives i don't yeah. know if you ever ran into vector those marketing. people that there's so much that goes on that doesn't it, it may end up being a scam in the end so this seems like a project that i would not touch with a 10 foot pole 100 foot pole 1000 foot pole 10 mile long pole and and i i really wish they had addressed this stuff in such a way that matters now i will report after that ICO comes out and these things should have been fixed the ones that were yeah. fixed because we've now done a whole episode on this I w- am absolutely willing to scream from the rooftops hey I said that we needed to check in on this and see if they remove the mint function I said we need to check in and see if they um what are some of the other things oh actually have a partnership with NCF I need we need to check in and see if they can still freeze accounts like if these things all start to pop down off then we may be on the other end of the spectrum, which is right. that the people handling the PR, the people that maybe Justin shouldn't be the forward-facing uh, image for this company. Yeah, I think a few people have brought brought up that point. There, there's plenty of companies out there that have a have a for iota is even in the crypto project. Iota is a great example. They have their de- their their tech is awesome. I have so many concerns when I watch David Zonsebo talk to anyone ever. It, just this massive ego, but somebody who has a, a great project. So it, I don't know what happens when that's challenged in such a way that the project could be put at risk. That That's what scares right, me with right. somebody with that big of an ego. So so maybe Justin shouldn't be the forward face of this company. Maybe he isn't the person that they should be worshiping. At least with somebody like Justin's son, 
he's kind of annoying, but like they're worshiping a guy who seems to understand business. <laughs> yeah, I, he. I don't. Uh, Tron sucks, but yeah, say I, what you want about him, but I think he's really good with marketing. Yeah, great marketer. He yeah. he's not even doing it properly. He's posting pictures of his dog in financial advice. So, <laughs> um, you know, I there there could be good intentions here and just just incompetence, or yeah. there could be something more sinister, or there could be just a lack of caring. This could be something like they just don't mind what we think. They don't care. Yeah. And I've seen that before. I've seen people have disdain for the speculators, right? There are projects that are just like, I don't give a shit what the speculators say. I don't care about the price of my coin. I'm working on my tech, so stop asking me about the price. And right. But they haven't taken that adversarial state. They're they're yeah. actively saying we care about yeah, the price. They're very active. Here's like a chart. They're quite transparent, yeah. So yeah. anyway, uh, we we did lose Will in the middle of this while we were talking. <laughs> I don't know if we edited that out, but. Died. Uh, so Brian, if we wanted to follow you on any social media or anything that you're doing, we wanted to check in yeah. on, on some of your research, where would we do that? Uh, I am decrypto BL on Twitter and decrypto.net is my website. Great. It, do you do anything other than crypto journalism on the website or is it, or is that just basically, um, I mean, I, I also like to do photography. So I share some of my pictures and just, uh, just write about a few things that I like, uh, not, not 100% related to crypto. Cool. Yeah. All right. So go ch- go check that out if you liked what you heard. I know this is a long episode. Thanks for sticking around for the exciting conclusion. If you're from the Substratum team and you made it this far, I am impressed because <laughs> I really I, I really have a massive. Um, unless you jump to the end, unless you somebody told you, hey, go to go to this timestamp and you can hear him say that he didn't think you were going to listen. This reminds me, I did this thing to a teacher one time when I was in high school where I oh, yeah. I, it, I knew that the teacher would only read the intro and, and the uh, conclusion of a paper. Oh, yeah. And I put, yeah. it, it, I, somebody else gave me the idea, but I put in the middle, it, you know, I know you're not reading this. I'm going to prove <laughs> to you that you're not reading this. Right. I'm going to bring this to you and you're going to feel stupid. You know, something like that. This is in... I was an asshole in high school, so <laughs> not that I'm not now, but I was even worse then. And I went up and uh, and and showed the teacher, which uh, they didn't change my grade, but I, I said mm-hmm. you, sh- you need to give me an A on this paper because you clearly didn't read it. And they're like, no, yeah, I should yeah. give you a worse grade because that's not what the writing assignment was. I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, so yeah, if you're a subscribe team, you made it to the end. Congratulations! I need to now put on our normal disclaimer: we are not financial advisors. Uh, anything you heard here is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research. Your own research is key. Everything that we've stated in here is going to be in the show notes. The links, the the articles, the uh, the videos, this is all public information. The only thing that I can say that we were at least a little bit kind of uh, spitballing on was what their decentralized exchange is going to look like because mm-hmm. that's a new product that's not out there. Those are – those. you know, that was not – so. If you're making your decision to factor that out, but the rest of this is all very specific, hard evidence, quotes from the team, screenshots of chats, everything, it's all there. So if you still want to invest in Substratum after all of that, 100% on you, I'm glad we were able to help you do your own research, and thanks for watching the channel. Like I said, like I always say, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's it. Uh, it do you know Will's social media or any of his uh, stuff that you could plug for him since he disappeared? Give me one one second. But while I am searching for Will, I want to have my disclaimer. I just want to say I'm not a paid fudster. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are listening to this and you would like to pay for my FUD, 
Uh, we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> um, and William McKenzie is at WBM underscore 97 on Twitter. All right. WBM underscore 97 on Twitter. And I'm certain I'm going to be among the banned people in the chat now. I don't know if they expected to change my mind with what they said. They asked me to come join their sublocks. I will probably be reaching out to you in about a month and saying, hey, let's do a little follow-up on what happened with this ICO because you're going to know so much yeah. more about it than me. Yeah, I would be happy to do a follow-up in the future. And maybe I'll change my mind again because we are allowed to do that. <laughs> it turns out you are absolutely yeah. allowed to change your mind. If I, I, I can't even list on one hand the amount of coins I've changed my mind. Bitcoin is one of them. I yeah. mean, I, I was... I was not it was zero percent of my portfolio at one point it is it isn't any longer but you know i looked at bitcoin i saw everything seemingly having better tech and i didn't understand the network effect and how much that mattered and i turned turned around on that so there is very clear it's okay to change your mind yeah agreed that can't be used against you in a court of law all right (laughs) so thank this might be the longest episode of the crypto basic podcast of all time so thank you for being a part of that I didn't hours. mean I didn't mean for that to happen, but you guys had so much more so much information. I just wanted to I wanted it to get out there. Yeah. So all right. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. We'll catch up soon. All right. Thanks for listening. Join our Discord.